Highland Falls, El Paso, Clarksville, Watertown, and from other important military capitals around the globe. Eye on Defense brings the top military and defense issues into focus. Eye on Defense is proudly sponsored by Big Sarge Pre-Owned TA-50 Emporium and The Last Hope Jewelry and Pawn. And now, citizens of Earth, brace yourselves for the next episode of Eye on Defense. Defense, 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 defense. <clears throat> All right, we're back. It's uh, 26 October, the evening of 26 October. This episode 183. Got some, uh, about nine or ten stories. Maybe nine. Uh, Ukraine, Israel, uh, and then some other stuff. But we're going to start with Israel first. Usually start with Ukraine, but first we'll start with Israel because uh, the latest news is the United States has just... Uh, put strikes in Syria. And this is from Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, the third statement on U.S. military strikes in eastern Syria, I guess an hour or so ago, 26 October. Today, or actually tonight, at the president's discretion, United States military forces conducted self-defense strikes on two facilities in eastern Syria used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and affiliated groups these precision self-defense strikes are a response to a series of ongoing and mostly unsuc- unsuccessful attacks against U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria by Iranian-backed militia groups that began on 17 October. As a result of these attacks, one U.S. citizen contractor died from cardiac incident while sheltering in place. 21 U.S. personnel suffered from minor injuries, but all have since returned to duty. Uh, the president has no higher priority than safety of U.S. personnel, and today... He directed today's action to make clear that the United States will not tolerate such attacks and will defend itself, its personnel, and interests. The United States does not seek conflict and has no intention nor desire to engage in further hostilities, but these Iranian-backed attacks against U.S. forces are unacceptable and must stop. Iran wants to hide its hand and deny its role in these attacks against our forces. We will not let them. If attacks by Iran's proxies against U.S. forces continue, we will not hesitate to further take further necessary measures to protect our people. These narrowly tailored strikes are in self-defense and were intended to solely protect and defend U.S. personnel in Iraq and Syria. They are separate and distinct from the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas and do not constitute a shift in our approach to the Israel-Hamas conflict. We continue to urge all state and non-state entities not to take action that would escalate into a broader conflict. And according to Air and Space Forces magazine, these strikes were carried out by two U.S. Air Force F-16s, and that's from a senior military official told reporters. So that's the latest on that. That's an official statement from the Department of Defense. And earlier, there was another statement from the Department of Defense. Uh, This is U.S. military continues focus on supporting Israel and Ukraine from 26 October. Again, DOD website. U.S. efforts in the Middle East remain focused on supporting Israel's defense needs as the nation battles Hamas terrorists in Gaza. Deterring other actors who seek to use the Hamas war on Israel as a pretext to expand the conflict and to ensure protection for U.S. forces serving the region. That, of course, is the Pentagon Press Secretary, Brigadier General Pat Ryder, Air Force uh, he continues, approximately 900 U.S. troops are in the process of deploying to the U.S. Central Command Area of Operations. 
Uh, we talked about this the other day. Deployed and deploying units include a terminal high-altitude area defense battery from Fort Bliss, Texas, Patriot batteries from Fort Sill, Oklahoma, Patriot and Avenger batteries from Fort Liberty, North Carolina, and Associated Air Defense Headquarters elements from Fort Bliss and Fort Cavazos, Texas. For, of course, Fort Cavazos it used to be Fort Hood, and Fort Liberty used to be Fort Bragg, if you're an old-timer. Uh, General Ryder said, I won't talk specific deployment locations for these forces. I can confirm they are not going to Israel. The units and personnel are intended to support regional deterrence efforts and bolster U.S. force protection capabilities. This is kind of a recap. Ryder said that between 17 October and 26 October, U.S. and coalition forces have been attacked 12 separate times in Iraq and four separate times in Syria by a mix of one-way attack drones and rockets. Uh, the general would not provide specific groups that have claimed responsibility. All he would say is we know the groups are affiliated with Iran. Uh, general Ryder said that Secretary of Defense Austin continued his near-daily calls with Israel, Israeli Defense Minister Gallant. He received updates on Israeli operations and Israeli military needs. Uh, Israel is not the only hotspot in the world, and General Ryder said the United States is sending a $150 million package of military aid to support Ukraine's urgent security needs, which we will get to in a little bit. So that's that. While we're on Israel, uh, we'll talk about, here's a story from the Times of Israel from Emmanuel Fabian, 26 October. Today, IDF tanks, troops pushed into Gaza in limited raid ahead of ground offensive. Uh, the IDF deployed a limited ground incursion into Gaza overnight, sending infantry forces and tanks up to a kilometer in the northern part of the Strip, the military said Thursday morning. The targeted raid appears to have been the most significant ground offensive into Palestine enclaves since the war broke out earlier in the month. According to the IDF, the raid, which was led by the Javadi Infantry Brigade and the 167th, 162nd Armored Division, was part of preparing the border area for the next stages of the war, referring to a full ground offensive promised by Israeli officials. Troops stuck, uh, struck numerous terrorist infrastructure and anti-tank guided missile launch positions and operated to prepare the battlefield, the army said. Uh, soldiers returned to Israeli territory after the raid, the IDF added. IDF spokesman Rear Admiral Hagari said the operation lasted a few hours. No soldiers were hurt. The troops operated within one kilometer of the border. The incursion went beyond the near-daily localized raid soldiers have been carrying out on areas near the border to search for bodies of missing Israelis and to clear the ground of explosives left behind by Hamas terrorists from the October 7 onslaught. Those raids were carried out with smaller number of forces and did not go as far as deep into the Gaza Strip as Thursday's raid. In the past day, Israeli jets struck 250 sites belonging to Hamas, including infrastructure, command centers, tunnels, and rocket launchers, uh, the army said. The death toll on both sides is expected to rise significantly once Israel launches its ground offensive and begins entering cities. Troops are expected to have to contend with Gaza's network of tunnels built by terror groups, booby traps, and bombs. IDF Chief of Staff, uh, Lieutenant General Halazi, Halavi, said Tuesday that a full ground offensive in Gaza has been delayed by tactical and even strategic considerations. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported that Israel had agreed to a request from the United States 
to temporarily delay the planned Gaza ground incursion to give Washington more time to, de- to deploy digital air defense systems to protect its troops in the region. And uh, we're seeing that play out in real time. I mean, today, right now, we just talked about it. Uh, the campaign is also understood to have been postponed to allow for ex- extensive international brokering negotiations with Hamas over the potential release of hundreds of Israeli and foreign hostages. Uh, addressing the apparent delay, Prime Minister Benjamin Net- Netanyahu asserted that Wednesday, asserted Wednesday evening that the ground incursion is looming, but added he would not share when or how. The Prime Minister said the offensive aims are to destroy Hamas and to return the hostages, casting members of the terror group as dead men walking. Uh, there's another quote, we are preparing the ground incursion, I won't specify when, how, how many. I also won't detail the range of considerations most of which the public is not aware of, and that's the way it's supposed to be. This is the way to that we protect our soldiers' lives. And that is from today, 26 October, Times of Israel. And now we're talking about Israel. We'll talk about uh, Iron Dome. I, think, I, guess, I, I guess that was a transition. Uh, this is from Breaking Defense, Lee Farron. Interesting story. Uh, Raytheon Raphael officially picked Arkansas site for Iron Dome missile production. We kind of talked about this, how the U.S. had two Iron Domes were sending them back to Israel, but they were making uh, the interceptors here in the United States. And it looks like they're going to establish a new facility in Arkansas, Arkansas. Excuse me while I drink water. Uh, to build those. So here we go. This is Lee Farron, 26 October. RTX, also known as Raytheon, right? RTX subsidiary Raytheon in Israel's Raphael announced today they have formally decided to establish a new facility in Arkansas to churn out Tamir and its U.S. variant Skyhunter missiles for the Iron Dome air defense system. Of course, Tamir is one of the interceptors. And I guess the Skyhunter is also under the U.S. name. RTX said in an announcement that companies have committed to a $33 million capital investment to establish a new facility in East Camden, Arkansas. The facility will make missiles for the United States Marine Corps and other allied partners. RTX said the joint venture plans to break new ground on the facility before the end of the year, which is coming up, and start producing missiles in 2025. The announcement said, uh, has been long in the making. It's just been three years since Raphael and Raytheon said they wanted to make missiles stateside. In July, the U.S. Marine Corps publicized a visit to East Camden, Arkansas, where officials discussed the possibility of adding Iron Dome missile production site there. East Camden is a small town in southern Arkansas, uh, just outside Camden proper. It is home to an existing Raytheon facility, as well as those belonging to other defense contracting giants, including a site where Lockheed Martin produces high Mars long-range launchers. Sounds like a... A happening town right now. Uh, the U.S. Marines envisioned using a truck-mounted Iron Dome launcher with Sky Hunter missiles for part of what's called their medium-range intercept capability program, which is known as MRIC, medium-range intercept capability. Hmm, huh. a mobile Iron Dome launcher. Uh, the MRIC is a middle-tier acquisition rapid prototyping effort. That's some acquisition speak. Uh, serving to serving as a short to medium range air defense system that fills a crucial capability gap in 
Indo-Pacific Contested Theater. That's from Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Beck. He's the product manager for uh, MRIC. Although it was primarily designed for cruise missile defense, the MRIC boasts capabilities against other airborne threats and has demonstrated a high-level success and in integration efforts through a series of live-fire events. And just as a reminder, the MRIC, medium-range intercept capability. Okay, got it. Okay, that's it on that. Uh, now I think we can go up to Ukraine. Yep. So there was a, man, all kinds of news today, 26 October. Biden administration announces additional security assistance for Ukraine, hinted to by, of course, Brigadier General Ryder. Uh, today, Department of Defense announced additional security assistance to meet Ukraine's critical security and defense needs. The package includes additional air defense capabilities, artillery ammunition, anti-tank weapons, and other equipment. It's like they just photocopied the last one and used this one. Uh, it is valued at $150 million. Not that much, right? Uh, additional NASAMs, ammunition for NASAMs. I'm sorry, I'll read it right up there. Additional munitions for National Advanced Surface Air Missile Systems, NASAMs. AIM-9M missiles for air defense, probably interceptors. Stinger anti-aircraft missiles. Additional ammunition for HIMARS. Of course, 155 and 105 millimeter artillery rounds. Uh, tube launch optically tracked, wire guided, wireless. Uh, missiles, tow missiles again. Uh, Javelin anti-armor systems, normal. Two million rounds of small arms ammunition, night vision devices, demo, demo munitions for clearing obstacles, cold weather gear. Oh, cold weather gear. That's the, it's getting that time. And spare parts, maintenance, and other ancillary equipment. Nothing we haven't seen before, except for cold weather gear. It's getting that time. Uh, do I want to talk about this part here? I will. So part of the statement from the Biden administration I don't usually read it all. I read part of it. Here's here's a part that I've seen two times in a row now. And here it says it helps talking about the reason why we're the United States is sending this stuff to Ukraine. It says it helps prevent a larger conflict in the region and deter potential aggression elsewhere while strengthening our defense industrial base and creating highly skilled jobs for the American people. That's the second time I've seen that. And the reason why I bring it up is you'll see it again later in the program. Uh, when we talk about another country providing stuff to Ukraine. I don't know. I just thought it was, I don't know if it's a trend. I just noticed it. So I thought I'd bring it up. Uh, so next story, uh, Ukrainian pilots to begin F-16 training in Arizona. This is from Defense News, Rachel Cohen, 26 October. Ukrainian military pilots have begun learning to fly the F-16 Fighting Falcon jet in Arizona. The U.S. confirmed Wednesday. We just talked about the F-16 blast in Syria. A small number of Ukrainians started training at Morris Air National Guard Base in Tucson this week, Air Force spokesperson Rose Riley said in an emailed statement. Morris Air Force National Guard Base is home to the 162nd wing of the Arizona National Guard, an F-16 pilot training hub that hosts international students. Stand by as I look at something else. 162nd. What was the name of that armored division? The 162nd Armored Division, uh, the Israeli Armored Division that went into the Gaza Raid. 167 Armored Division. I thought I saw that number before. So anyway, 167 Air Wing. What is, is that what it's called? Standby. 
167 wing of the Arizona National Guard F-16 pilot training hub that hosts international students. I don't know. Sorry about that. That's the way my brain works. Moving on. The initiative is the latest step in America's efforts, along with NATO allies, to support Ukraine in its nearly two-year war with Russia. The United States has provided more than $113 billion in military, humanitarian, and other aid to Ukraine since 2022. $113 billion. Uh, U.S. officials have stressed that building a U- Ukrainian F-16 enterprise is a long-term solution to modernize the country's military and bolster regional security, not an immediate way to add combat firepower as Ukraine tries to drive out Russian forces. In September, Air National Guard boss Lieutenant General Michael Lowe told reporters that the first group of Ukrainian pilots could finish F-16 training by the end of the year, though it could take longer to get the jets into combat. The initial pilots were expected to come in with more flight experience than others who may follow, which would require the United States to spend more time getting them up to speed. Air Force leaders have estimated that each training, that training will take up to nine months on average. Before arriving in Arizona, the first pilots head to an English language training program at Joint Base San Antonio-Lackland, Texas, which is in San Antonio, obviously. Uh, That's end of story there. We're still on Ukraine, I think. Yep. Australia announces counter-drone systems for Ukraine. Ender Bish, 26 October, Defense Post. Australia sending counter-drone systems to Ukraine as part of a military assistance package worth $12.71 million, or $20 million Australian. The number of drone shield systems and their configurations has not been disclosed. The New South Wales firm produces a range of countermeasure systems such as the drone gun and the vehicle-mounted Drone Sentry X. It comes as an Australian defense firm, Electro-Optical Systems, announced sending 10 Slinger air defense systems to Ukraine to combat Russian kamikaze drones. Additional systems in the package include Mind Lab's demining equipment, Micro-X's portable X-ray machines, and a 3D metal printer from Speed3D. Uh, the Speed 3D earlier sent seven warp Speed 3D metal printers to Ukraine through the Department of Defense's Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative. These rapidly produce critical repair parts for military equipment such as vehicle and guns. <clears throat> Excuse me. This latest package brings the overall Australian assistance to Ukraine to 910 million Australian dollars or 575 million U.S. dollars. And that includes Bushmaster protected mobility vehicles heavy artillery, critical ammunition, and contributions to the Ukraine Humanitarian Fund. And here's a quote from Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. He says, This latest contribution will provide Ukraine with some of the best capabilities in the world while investing in Australia's sovereign defense industry and technology sector. And that's kind of what I was talking about. The United States said the same thing. Um, I don't know. I guess, I, I, do I have a problem with that? I don't know. I just think it's weird that you're touting, um, I mean, you are, in reality, improving your defense sector, providing jobs and stuff like that, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know why that sticks in me. I don't know. Probably just me. All right, moving on. So here's something, kind of an interesting story, kind of weird. Slovakia announces halt of military aid to Ukraine. This is from Defense Post, 26 October. 
uh, from the staff. Slovakia's new populist prime minister, Robert Fico, said on Thursday today that his government was stopping military aid to Ukraine. Fico told MPs, I guess that's ministers of parliament, that the company would no longer supply weapons to Ukraine, repeating promises made during his election campaign, but he would still, or they would still supply humanitarian aid to its war-torn neighbor. Now, here's a quote. I will support zero military aid to Ukraine. An immediate halt to military operations is the best solution we have for Ukraine. The EU should change from an arms supplier to a peacemaker, he added. Uh, Robert Fico, who will attend the EU summit in Brussels on Thursday, which was today, also, or maybe it's next Thursday, also expressed opposition to sanctions against Russia. Here's another quote. I will not vote for any sanctions against Russia unless we see analysis of their impact on Slovakia. If there are if there are to be such sanctions that will harm us, like most sanctions have, I can see no reason to support them. That's the end of his quote. That's the end of the story. Interesting story. Um, what am I doing on time? 21 minutes. I can't believe I'm almost done. I have one story left. Surely I'm missing something. Maybe not. I think I've done everything. Here's the last story. Uh, again, did Defense Post. Defense Post had a lot of good stories today. I could have done a couple more. Uh, in fact, I was saving a couple uh, to do for another episode. Uh, but here's the last one. British British Army's new Apache helicopters ready for the front line. I haven't done a UK story in a minute. Uh, Joe Sabala, 26 October. All the stories have been 26 October. Uh, relevance. Uh, the British Army's declared the new H-64 Apache helicopters ready for frontline duty after participating in Exercise Iron Titan. According to the British Army, one of its regiments tested every aspect of the rotary wing aircraft from logistics, command and control, maintenance to field operation. The Apaches, together with the country's Wildcat reconnaissance choppers, provide the British Army with deep attack capability necessary to survive future wars. During the exercise, U.S.-made helicopters and the regiment operating them successfully conducted strike missions on simulated enemy, enemy positions based on an attack plan. Uh, here's a quote from the 3rd Regiment Army Air Corps Commanding Officer Lieutenant Colonel Rich Simcock. He said, To achieve validation, every single function that we deliver as a regiment has been tested in a realistic scenario that reflects the challenges of modern operations. He added that the exercise allowed the service to show how it can sustain itself and survive on the battlefield with the help of new H-64Es by striking targets far behind enemy lines to give troops a decisive advantage. Made by Boeing H-64E, Apache features a state-of-the-art drivetrain and rotor blades for improved flying performance. It also has advanced sights and sensors, communication systems for better interoperability, and embedded maintenance diagnostic systems for faster repair. Furthermore, the helicopter has improved night operations capabilities and is capable of controlling a couple of unmanned aerial vehicles. Uh, the H-64E is the most advanced helicopter in the world, attack helicopter in the world, and the step change it brings in lethality, agility, survivability, and how it can communicate and integrate with other capabilities is nothing short of revolutionary, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Simcock explained. Let's see. I think that's it. One more quote. Uh, 
The helicopter, I'm sorry, one more thing. The helicopter first entered service with the British military in 2021. I think that's it. That was a short episode, 24 minutes. I double check my notes, make sure I didn't forget anything. That's it. 24 minutes. There were so many good stories in, in defense posts. I could have done it. I should have uh, did a couple more. But I thought this was going to take at least 30 minutes. But I was wrong. I was off by six minutes. Anyway, that's it. Short episode. I won't keep you much more. Uh, this is episode 80, 183. I'm sorry. I think 183 in the books. Thank you very much for listening. And good night.